0: Welcome to episode 60 of the Pirate Monk Podcast. Coming to you practically live from high atop the Mellow Mushroom in downtown metropolitan Franklin, Tennessee. I'm your host, Nate Larkin, here in Studio One with our fearless uh, Engineer Mondo, joining us from Studio B in San Luis Obispo, the Commodore, Aaron Porter. Yo ho. Yo ho. Yeah. <laughs> and Arg, uh,
1: and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. And a special guest here on the podcast, Dan Hasseltine. Is joining me? us. Hello. Uh wow. hey, I think the weather is finer in Tennessee today than it is in the happiest place on earth, San Luis Obispo, California. Am I wrong? Oh, bite me. <laughs> 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 <Yes>. <laughs> Oh, I, I don't know why I get a perverse pleasure out of knowing that today it's, it's raining there, but I, it just made my day a little bit better.
1: You know, that is such a subjective question, though, isn't it? If I'm a wilting flower, is it really nicer in Franklin, Tennessee? No. I think maybe I'd want to be in San Luis. Okay. What is truth? What is
2: truth, Nate? <laughs> 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 well, you guys just went all... Man, like the Weather Channel has nothing on you guys. <laughs> 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 oh, man. What's been, what's been going on, Nate? What are you doing? Uh, you know,
0: I've got my nose to the grindstone. Because oh, yeah. uh, I've got a deadline. I've got to finish this NASCAR book. Right. Yeah. Actually, man, I got, I got all NASCAR this week. I had a I had a I had a good time. I watched a ton of YouTube Mm. (laughs) of you know, nineteen eighties
3: NASCAR NASCAR.
0: And I
2: hate to say it, but I'm really starting to get into it. Uh oh. Mm. Uh, Really?
4: (laughs) Do you guys do interventions on this show? (laughs) Messiah
2: around America. Uh, yeah,
0: but that's that that that's pretty much my life. Okay.
3: Okay. What's cooking? Uh, <laughs> yeah, you see how he skated past that? Yeah. I think that was the shortest. Like Nate, what are you doing? Responsible. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it, it's a busy year, man. Same thing. Just yeah. cutting a lot of projects, and it's been busy though. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. yeah so. Good. 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 What, what you up to, Aaron?
1: What am I? I got a Vitamix.
3: Oh, yeah. I I got one, too, man. Yeah. Uh, Really? That that
1: thing's got a bigger
2: engine than my lawnmower. Oh, heck, than my Corolla. (laughs) Let's just take that back around. Probably than most of the cars from the 1980s NASCAR circuit. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I could kick
1: their bus like that. So, I mean, you know, how amazing. I could take like a... I could liquefy a cat's head in under 30 seconds and if I add hot water, make it a soup, <laughs> ice,
4: a sorbet.
2: It's incredible. <laughs> so cat, cat soup. That's, not, that's what they call that, right? Cat soup? Uh, <laughs> see? Yeah. Not saying I would do
1: that to a cat or children or anything, but I could yeah. liquefy. Yeah, I think it's So a I had job. fun last night. I was just uh, yeah. doing all- And do you know what the best thing is? What? Add a little hot water and soap, and it washes itself. I love that. Oh. It's brilliant. These people
0: are brilliant. I'll tell you what. If if the if the ministry thing ever doesn't work out, you could take a job hawking that thing at uh, at Costco. You Jeez. know, do you uh, sitting up there, you know, doing the demonstration? Have a bag when full of cat heads.
2: heads. Don't have. Yeah. I was going <laughs> to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: that when could get a little a, scary. A they might kick you out.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> when I was a child, evangelism fellowship director. A now there's part of my a frightening statement. Uh-oh. Okay. What part of my job was to uh, do the story booth at the Midstate Fair, uh-huh. and uh, which is so amazing because it's basically get strangers to drop off their children while they shop, right. and you indoctrinate them. Yeah, okay. But parents are so desperate to <laughs> not have their children because what kind of what kind of parent that's not a Christian says here, evangelical organization, you babysit my kids for the next half hour. But <laughs> yeah. they did it, so that was part of my job. And across from me was the salsa maker guy, and two booths down was the Vitamix guy. Uh Now this was, like, 14, 15, 16 years ago. Yeah, when a Vitamix
0: cost your annual salary, basically, back then, right? Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: Absolutely. That's why I didn't get one until this year. You know, this is 16 years ago. I wanted one. But I would go across, and uh, I brought Tupperware to the fair. yeah. Get the leftover salsa from his demonstration.
0: Oh, you dog. Get the soup
1: from his... So all day I would feed the volunteers that would come in to tell Bible stories with Salsa guys, extra leftovers, and Vitamix dudes' wares. So, wow. Yeah.
2: So you've got a long relationship with Vitamix, then, <laughs> <you're> saying...
1: <laughs> a long and cherished relationship. But we finally we finally moved in together, though. Yeah. yeah. I hear there
0: are some attachments that you... that Anyway, we won't go there. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that? I,
1: su- I surrendered the floor, Nate.
0: You can, you can climb
1: <laughs> you can climb into that hole
0: yourself. <laughs> Someone's got to have the ladder on top. Now, um, so I, I I think we should ask Dan. I do know Dan. I was with Bunker yesterday and he was still raving
2: mm.
0: about the uh uh burlap to satin show.
2: Yeah, Casimir. I'm uh, yeah. um, burlap. To it's one of those so really plush fabrics and one that's very abrasive so yes uh, yeah um you know after
0: 10
1: I'm years just, those i'm just guys. gonna remember burlap to sack that is what you just said right
0: no 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 i i was i was almost there he was there he burlap <laughs> to cashmere yes okay um
2: okay. yeah we we did a show uh Lightning 100, the local radio station, um, was putting on this this concert with Burlap to Cashmere who haven't really played out uh, in probably about 10 years. Mm. Um, a fantastic band that we toured with uh, back in 1998 and uh, had a fantastic season with um, Imploded. And then took a lot of time off, and then came back and, and started making a new record. and Worked with a guy named Mitchell Froom, who you probably know if you uh, if you were following NASCAR in the '80s, then you might have also heard some uh, Crowded House songs back then. Um, he <laughs> yeah. would have been the guy that did uh, produced a lot of that stuff for Crowded House and uh, Suzanne Vega. and uh-huh, some work mm-hmm. with her. It's just just a fantastic producer. And so they were in town. We did a show, and uh, just a great night. Uh, there's nothing like playing in a club.
4: Yeah. You know, we yeah, get yeah. we
2: get so used to playing these shows where we're we're using in-ear monitors, and so we can't really hear the crowd, and we're a little bit distance from them because yeah. they're bigger stages. Yeah. So you get in a club, and you're using these wedges, uh, and, yeah. you know, everybody's... You're just in the room together, and it feels great, and it's just a, a perfect night.
0: A sense of community, actually, mm, within the room.
2: Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. and also the, for us, the hometown yeah. crowd, you know, yeah. that yeah. community was yeah. there. Yeah. It was yeah. just... You know, and I kept telling the guys from Burlap, they're, they're New Jersey-based, and I kept telling them, like, you know, everyone in this room, you could be nervous because you're on radio, but just know that everybody in this room is cheering for you guys. Yeah. Like, before you sing the first note, play the yeah. first note, they're, they care about you and they yeah. want you to succeed. And that's yeah. different from a lot, of, a lot of kinds of shows you end up playing. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I t- uh, I'll tell you what. Um, I'm, I'm ignorant. I know more about NASCAR than I do about uh, Burlap <laughs> to Cashmere. Yeah, uh, But I do have, given to me by a good friend Yes, yes uh, The new project that's just coming out Why don't we play one of those songs Please, please As we go uh, to the next uh, segment We'll be right back on the Pirate Monk Podcast
4: I'm staring at the mirror As the shadows plague my room In every risen hero There's a choir that resumes. I used to be a soldier, but a painter I became. I used to walk on water, but now I found the flame. All oh, the busyness of traffic as her garden starts to wither. She opens up her violin so the darkness can forgive her. And today we'll crucify the fear as love reclaims the atmosphere. Guidance in transition when the body starts to rust, the earth begins to rumble, and the particles of dust relay. Then <laughs> <decay>.
1: <laughs> yep, yep. Welcome back to the Pirate Monk Podcast. We're glad you're with us. My, was my voice as good as yours? That was you awesome, do that, man? man. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, God. we are going to do a mini meeting today because we've missed it the last couple of
3: weeks. Actually. Fit, yeah, at least fifteen
1: thousand weeks. Yeah. So, my name is Bob.
3: Hey, Bob. Hi, Bob.
0: I mean, if you want, thank to be you. Bob.
1: Okay. I, I I want to be Bob today.
0: Okay. okay.
1: All right. Welcome to this mini meeting of the Samson Society. We are a company of Christian men and also natural loners who are learning to recognize the dangers of isolation and determined to escape them, natural wanderers who are seeking spiritual peace and prosperity at home, natural liars who are now finding freedom in the truth, natural judges who are seeking wisdom and discernment, natural strong men who are experiencing God's strength as we admit our weakness. As Christians, we meet at other times for teaching and corporate prayer. Today, however, we meet to talk. Our purpose is to assist one another in our common journey. We do so by sharing honestly, out of our personal experience, the challenges and encouragements of daily Christian living in a fallen world. Our topic for today's mini-meeting is... Dan, why don't you pick the topic today? <laughs>
2: Wow, you just came right out and did that. Just Um, right, yeah. Right on the spot. Let's see, how about uh, let's just take surprises?
1: Very good. Mm. Way to make lemonade out of that lemon. (laughs) We are not confined to the subject of surprises. If any of you has a burning issue, That's funny. I've never read it that way before. Yeah. Uh, Then you can talk about medications that might help others in the group with a burning issue. Or talk about whatever you like. Please don't feel that you must focus on this topic or relate it in some way.
0: Wow, where would that reading come from?
1: Uh... This came from the website. Oh, cool. That's the message
2: okay. translation of the... Uh, okay. Of the, yeah.
0: That's good. All right, good.
1: Does it still talk about burning issues? I don't remember ever reading that before. Yeah, it no. could be
2: If it, that's your surprise, then... There we then, are. There <laughs> you go.
0: That's <laughs> a modified meeting format, but we're in it now. Yeah. Okay. So surpri- Surprises. Surprises. All right. Uh, okay, I'm Nate. Hey, Nate. Um, hey, Nate. I'll launch on, uh, on surprises. Um, I I am coming to recognize uh, how much I uh, actually set up the future uh, by the way I behave in the present and um, but somehow if I can uh, paint for myself or others the idea that what happened was a complete accident and just a total surprise to me then somehow I'm relieved somewhat of moral responsibility um, <clears throat> so I, it's it's really possible for me to put myself in dangerous situations uh, to set it up and to walk there and then oh gosh look what just happened I think that's the situation that uh King David put himself in the day he fell with Bathsheba. I mean, he had made the decision not to go into the field with the army. Um, he did make the decision to go onto his roof at a begin, you know, at a certain time of day. When it's hard for me to think that he didn't understand it was bath time. But then, oh gosh, look what I saw. And um, so. But that's not to, to, to say that I am that I'm not just totally sideswiped and t-boned from time, from time to time, uh, you know, with stuff coming completely from unexpected directions. Uh, but uh, what I what I have learned that is that if I've got my if I'm doing my footwork right, and if I'm taking care of the basics, uh, then. Uh, the odds that I'm going to be knocked off balance by something short of tragedy. I mean tragedy can always happen and there are things that are, I mean they're going to just take me out and there's absolutely nothing I can do about it. Uh, but those smaller surprises if I if I am paying attention to the day and, and uh, to the daily disciplines, if I'm making the daily phone call to the Silas and then actually uh, taking the time to, to, to examine my life, figure out what's true, what I'm feeling, thinking, doing, and thinking of doing, and then honestly disclose that to my Silas. Uh, if I'm spending a, a, a little bit of time each day in prayer, study, and self-examination, uh, if I'm serving others, if I'm keeping an eye on my attitude and doing my best to stay grateful uh, and, uh, and present then I, got, I stand a better chance of maintaining my balance when something surprising happens. Uh, I can still get knocked sideways. For me, of course, uh, anybody who's listened to this podcast for very long knows that my issue is lust. I'm a recovering sex addict, that's my deal. So for me, uh, you know, there's a saying in the circles that I run in, that, uh, you have no power over the first book. Uh, only over the second and so I can be surprised by uh, an image that I did not uh, now I can also set myself up for those surprises depending on where I choose to go and how I choose to orient myself. but um, still you know if the unwelcome image comes or the thought which I mean I'm human and I'm male and and, uh, and I have a, a very real enemy, uh, temptation is not sin uh, I can still be uh, surprised by temptation and am throughout each day uh, but if I'm doing the footwork right then it's not necessary for me to, to, uh, to fall flat it is possible uh, to recover my balance and keep on moving uh, that's all i got on Surprise. Thanks. <coughs> Thanks, Nate. Thanks, Nate. I'm Aaron. Hey, Aaron. Hey,
4: Aaron.
1: And uh, Surprise is an interesting word. I don't think I've ever never had that word in a meeting before.
4: Hmm.
1: And this being a sabbatical year for me, Um, My 14th year at the church means I get a lot of extra time this year to reflect, and just Sunday, driving after the morning services, going back to San Luis for the night stuff, uh, I was reflecting on how surprising, okay, I'm going to say this this way, and then we'll fix it, okay, how surprising it was that everything turned out just the way I knew it would, and not in a good way Mm -hmm. that the trajectory of my own heart after 14 years in the same place uh, I always knew that if I didn't eat right and exercise I would get fat not a surprise Mm
4: -hmm.
1: and there's a super spiritual equivalent to that that certain aspects of my heart are tired and I'm actually surprised because it's not surprising, and yet here I am. Does that make sense? It feels like a very circular thing to say. I'm, I'm okay with feedback, you saying it makes sense, or I need to clear that up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: okay, I'm trying not to yeah, derail your train of thought because I want it to go somewhere, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I'm there. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. kind of following you. So, yeah, I just, I
1: remember, I remember being in this place very young, uh, you know, going, going into full-time ministry the week I turned 20 Mm. and, uh, and seeing other pastors and things that I was like, "Ah, no, that's, that's no good. Look at, look at that old guy. I don't want to be like that. And actually knowing probably how he got there but not having the years of experience to know that it's not as simple as just being disciplined
4: mm.
1: you just get tired in certain ways mm. and that manifests itself in ways you don't necessarily like as, as a Christian as a follower of Jesus it just becomes something and so getting back into the disciplines that keep you healthy uh, but not as a young man disciplines himself but as a An older man disciplines himself. The activities might be the same, but everything changes the older you get. I could be disciplined when I was young just because I was a little arrogant. You know, insert your favorite word after that. Mm -hmm. I was it. Those same things mean something different now. And I think I'm hungry for them for a different reason. Mm. So the surprise is to be right where I knew I would end up, but for totally different reasons. Wow that's the best that's as clean as I can make it
0: thanks Aaron thanks Aaron. thanks Almondo hey Mondo
3: hey, surprises has uh, two different meanings for me um, um, on one side uh, I love to serve and provide surprises for those that I love it's a very exciting thing to do mm-hmm. but on the flip side Receiving surprises or getting surprises or anything else that's outside of me serving, uh, surprises sets in a little bit of paranoia uh, slash fear because I know some of those things I don't have control over and some I do. And the ones that I do have control over uh, make me really paranoid. so I think a lot of times for me, you know, I, uh, I overcompensate to to serve and provide those su- good surprises for others that I love, uh, and to really enjoy that, to keep any sort of surprise away from me. Uh, you know, the idea, you know, which which is sad, but the idea of a surprise birthday for party for me would just freaks me out. Um, I don't like being T-boned, you know. <laughs> You know, uh, of course, I, I appreciate receiving, giving, you know, and receiving gifts and all that kind of cool stuff, whatever. But, uh, but it's something about the element of surprise, not knowing that lack of control, uh, or having control at one point and losing it, and that losing control creating a bunch of surprises that just blindsiding me left and right. Um, definitely, definitely add a sense of paranoia to me. So, uh, you know, I really don't know how to fix it necessarily. Um, I just try to focus on giving and loving and sh- sharing and creating those other things, uh, which I think can be dangerous at the same time for me too, because while I'm looking over here and focusing on that, I'm losing that perimeter around me of surprises that could be creeping up. So, uh, so it's a constant thing for me, you know, and, and lo- losing that, uh, that control of, uh. Your environment, so to speak, is, is definitely set to surprise. Is different. I've never thought about it that way. You know, uh, it's interesting. <laughs> you said that would be the topic. I'm like, man, what the heck? And then all of a sudden, boom, mm-hmm. you know, uh, these two this two different extremes, man. Um, but yeah, so I guess that's how I look at it. You know, maybe I just figured out something I need to look at even more, you know, to get rid of that paranoia, mm-hmm. you know, of uh, element of surprise. So, all right, thanks, Mondo.
2: Thanks, thanks Mondo.
3: I'm Dan hey
2: Dan hey Dan I guess I picked this topic so um, uh, a couple of days ago um, <laughs> I was really actually very surprised um, this might be might sound like a confession I was watching the Justin Bieber movie um, it was just kind of a documentary uh, on, on his sort of rise to uh, popularity um, and I became fairly emotional. I'm not going to say that I cried, but there was water dripping from my eyes. And
1: uh, now I want to remind you: this is confidential, but also a
2: podcast. Yes. So <laughs> go, go uh, ahead. Keep we that. can cut all this out, right? <laughs> so, good. No, uh, yeah. Right. We'll do that. Good. Thanks. Um, but the uh, it reminded you know this sort of when I think about surprise it kinda of brought me to two places one I don't I'm, I'm a fairly introverted intellectual kind of a person and so when I'm figuring things out it happens in my head mostly it's hard for me um to, to talk to people about stuff and feel like uh, I consider myself a very unemotional kind of a person unless I'm watching people's lives. You know, unless I'm watching things, it's weird to say, but like, like Justin Bieber, the story, the arc of that character, it's sort of like, this is the way it's supposed to happen. You know, when I think about, um, A plus B equals C, he did this, these people cared about him, this happened. Um, you know, this sort of, the sense of success. Um, it dovetails for me into my own career, into my own family, the way that, um, I have this longing for things to just work out the way I think they're supposed to Um, and that you know there's control in that there's that sense that you know I'm gonna try to orchestrate these things so they work out that way but then I'm always surprised that what the Bible says about the curse is actually true for me that I'm gonna be frustrated by my work that I'm not going to be able to connect as deeply as I want to. You know, all of these things that are attached to sin that are attached to this kind of, um, what it's like to just kind of live uh, in, in our current reality on the earth, um, I'm surprised that I butt up against those things and that I hit my own humanity and that I, um, you know, that I come in contact with my sin and that I'm surprised by that. Like, really, am I that bad? Um, you know, and so I think for me this, that, the idea of surprise really, um, you know, first I'm, I'm in incredibly surprised that, that there is this sort of emotional capacity inside of me because I've told myself so many times over the years that I didn't have that. And I was probably born out of, you know, the agreements I made as a kid to go, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to be emotional because that hurts, because that risks too much of myself. Um, I can't carry that. So I'm going to kind of bury that instead um, and then when it kind of keeps coming back up that that's it's a surprising thing um, you know and then obviously just having to deal with the frustration of work and the frustration of family um, and being surprised that that things aren't just working out for me um, you know every time I'm in an argument or or maybe even every time I'm in that kind of silent place with my wife, where we're we're really we're we're pretty good at being passive aggressive. We're pretty good at being um, uh, when we're mad, we're quiet, and so we were like scanners. And remember that from the 80s, uh, but uh, where people would just sort of stare at each other and their heads would blow up. And that's kind of the way we operate. And uh, um, I feel like I I get to that wall and I just go why why. When I was a kid and I thought about being married, or when I was even a young adult and I was getting married, um, when I was thinking about stepping into these relationships, I always thought it would be easier. And the fact that it's not um, just completely derailed me for a while, you know? And then, uh, maybe the last surprise that I would say, and the one that I think matters the most, is I was surprised um, by what it. By what the act of connecting with somebody else, meeting with somebody else, sharing my story um, did to kind of unlock um, a big part of who I was you know even you know with Samson Society for me was one of those moments where you know I spend most of my time as a kid defending the fortress of my heart, my soul from anybody seeing who I really was or who I thought I was. Um, and then when those things started to come out, when I started to kind of open those those gates and letting people into that story, recognizing that there were people that weren't just there. You know, not everybody was going to treat me like kids treated me in junior high. Mm. You know, there are people there that were actually going to be good stewards of that story, and were going to come in and say, look at what you're doing, um, what you've done, who you are is not really who you are, and who you are is this, and, you know, to hear that idea of being a restored son of the living God, things like that, um, being this kind of light in a very dark place. Um, I was surprised by those things um, entirely and uh, certainly made a complete shift for my life. So, yeah, I'm Dan. Thanks, Dan.
1: Next Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Dan. And we will be right back with some more conversations with Dan in just a minute. I've
4: been talking to myself Help me get these thoughts out of my own head I don't believe Most days I don't believe Mercy is true, it's hard to live with the things I
0: Well, that was Eyes Wide Open from the newest uh, Jars of Clay album, The Shelter. That was
1: maybe my, that was my favorite Jar song I've ever heard, <laughs> I think. Like, top no. three, for
2: sure. Great. Good to hear. Thank you for that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, no, tell us about the song. How did it come about?
2: Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it really began, um, it began on Twitter, actually, with a conversation I was having with a guy named Philip LaRue. Um, we were going back and forth talking about. Uh, um, I had been um, stuck in in a doctor's office new, uh, room, and their Fox News was on, and they were describing this uh, these bombs that were going off, like a bomb that had, had gone off in a uh, uh, like a grocery store or a mall or someplace, and they and they created this scenario where everybody um, uh, everybody was not safe this Christmas Mm. in the world that you had to check your Christmas trees that every one of your packages under your tree you know it was just obviously creating this sense of fear in America and I just thought that's terrible and you know couldn't get them to switch the channel Um, but it reminded me how much I hated that kind of news coverage Mm. and uh, and then it shifted into into this kind of uh, one of these shows where people were just debating back and forth about specific issues and uh, (laughs) and a nice noise mm. um, anyway so they're, they're debating you, you <laughs> they're debating these issues and uh, and they're yelling at each other like nobody's nobody's picking up on on each other's mm-hmm. position they' they're literally just being louder than the, the next person and I realized you know this is really this is how we've learned to operate this is how we've we've decided to function in our in our culture is that we really think being right matters and we think if we're right then being loud matters. And uh, you know, and the question I kept coming back to was, um, you know, if being right is causing us to love people less, um, is there really that much value in in being right? Yeah. And uh, you know, and it just, and, I, and as in and starting to ask that question, it just seemed like everywhere I looked, then that that issue came up, and that question kept coming up. It was. You know, you look at a lot of the hot-button issues in politics, or um, you know, in our culture, even the abortion issue. I've always wrestled with it because I feel like there's two sides of this issue, but they're not actually two opposing sides. Hmm. They're they're people sort of vying for a position that, if people would stop and kind of listen might actually see that there's some commonality in what you're saying. You know, mm. they're, they're not feuding. like They're not hitting up against each other in the right ways. They're just being too loud to hear each other. Um, and I thought people aren't loving each other well in this situation. And obviously Jesus' command to us, the new the new law was to love our neighbors, to love each other. Um, not, to love our enemies. Yeah, to love our enemies even and not be right. Yeah. Not plant our flag and then spend our time defending our position. And, yeah. Um, and so the song really kind of came out of that whole idea. It's like, how do we describe this? And it was that phrase I sort of tweeted back to, to my friend. I said, you know, God, bruise the heels, we dig in the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sort of like, God, You know, can you show us, sort of force humility on us that we might actually get to a place where we can see the holes in our own theories and be able to actually listen and learn again. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I, I... I Got a great uh, challenge yesterday from Dave Bunker, who I, I love, just love that guy, and he challenges me every time I see him. And his challenge to me yesterday was, you know, find the person who pisses you off the most, you know, whose whose opinions you despise, whose you know, mm-hmm. you know, whose philosophy you do not share. Invite them in, on your podcast, and so, so. I am here, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding, and. And and love them. Mm. Jesus, Jesus said, "It's your job to love your enemy."
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, and uh, can we trust the transforming power of actually approaching uh, our antagonists mm-hmm. with something other than our fists up? Wow. Uh, that's
2: a that is a very cool project, by the way, the Shelter Project. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you guys Thanks. touring it now, or what's? Yeah, we just just finished a tour uh, of the Shelter Project. We'll we'll kind of continue to tour it throughout the year. We're going to start working on a new record, start writing for a new project. Um, but the Shelter, I mean, it, it really. It was interesting. It began as a project where we were going to. We had done a project called Redemption Songs years ago, mm-hmm. um, where we took a lot of old hymn texts and rewrote some songs around them and some old spirituals. And uh, we were going to do that again. I uh, wanted to just kind of go in. And, but the more we started to dig in and, and write and find out what was important to us, it just seemed like this idea of community yeah. really mattered. Yeah. Um, that. You know, we, we, we were looking at church worship and looking at these ideas that, you know, nowadays um, we don't even use hymnals. So no one even has to look over somebody's shoulder and connect in church that way. And so nobody really has – you don't have to connect with another human being yeah. in a church service. You look at a screen. But the reality is um, we disembody all of these ideas mm-hmm. uh, of you know, we think grace and mercy and forgiveness and all of these things that we sing out into the air in our worship music, never once really re- um, kind of bringing that back to recognize that it's the person sitting next to us, singing next to us, yeah. that, that we're actually talking about, yeah. that God is working through his people to do all of these things. You know, Our prayers are being answered through our hands and yeah. our feet and our hearts and our compassion that God has given us towards other people and yet we don't sing that way we don't act that way and so we thought well what if we did a- songs that were kind of meant as uncomfortable as it would would seem to be sung to each other yeah. you know, still in that communal congregational kind of mode but, but we don't have to just stare at a screen seeing them as if they're not implicating us yeah. back in that story and the people around us and so that's where the, the project came out of and that seemed really inspiring to us and you know doesn't take long to find inspiring stories in community obviously you know when you start opening your story up to other people and you recognize that the weaknesses you have are not so unique yeah other people share those you find commonality you find strength in that and that allows you to go to other unsafe places you know those stories are important
1: so tell give me the progression from the the good monsters group of songs Mm -hmm. Seems like it was really coming out of those first steps into community, and when you were in the Samson community in Franklin, and so now it's moved. That was, geez, what, four or five years ago? Five years ago, yeah. Five years ago. So now you're here's this other album about community, but it sounds like it's almost a little different. Like these are the first steps, and these are. Give me the progression and how they compare, because it's kind of interesting. You're journaling in album form.
2: It is. You know, it's one of the things I've loved about Jars of Clay, really, is that we've been able to just have an ongoing conversation with our fans. You know, every record is not an end to itself. It's just part of an ongoing conversation. And so, yeah, so Good Monsters was was the season really where, you know, Steve Mason, um, our guitar player, and I both kind of found this kind of community, this sense of, you know, we recognized that we were we were kind of having, living a half-life, mm. um, you know, when we'd spend a lot of time presenting ourselves the way we thought we wanted to be presented rather than bringing the fullness of who we are into the relationships we had and how exhausting that was. So we were, you know, so we, we were finding this community for the first time. And when, when artists have a moment of clarity, they make declarations.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It's just kind of what we do. And you know, as if we were the first ones to ever experience that. And so, <laughs> there's an arrogance attached to that. But it's what we do, and and so we did that with good monsters. There's a lot of declarations on that record about you know you shouldn't live alone, yeah. isolation is terrible, yeah, and things like that. And so we moved from these big declarations and statements to the next record in that series was actually the long fall back to earth, which yeah. was kind of which was a record all about relationships and it was you know it was a a record where we decided we're going to remove all of the lofty religious language all of kind of the spiritual fluff that we might normally put into a record and you know because there's a lot of throwaway words in church culture yeah words that are disembodied that we don't understand that we just use because they sort of conjure a certain emotion and we throw them in there and uh You know, we still lean on that a lot. A lot of Christian artists do that. And it's so we challenged ourselves to take all of those out. And a side challenge was also to not use any water metaphors on that record. Because Jarvis Clay is very well known for our water metaphors. Um, (laughs) If that didn't work, we we still had a couple on the record. But uh, anyway, so that whole record was about relationships and kind of the nitty-gritty of it. And then we moved into, um, after that was The Shelter. And The Shelter was really just, after having spent that hard time... Wrestling with the realities of what it means to to live with people and try to serve people and understand that that is, I think uh, Paul Farmer calls it the long defeat. Mm. It's just like we're not going to fix the people around us and they're not going to really fix us, you know, as much as we are going to engage and um, we're going to be with each other and serve each other in in our place. But, um, you know, we just found that. That um, we had to recognize that, that God is the one that changes people. You know, we yeah. get to be in that process, but we don't. We aren't the ones that are doing it. You know, yeah. ultimately, um, God changes a heart. You know, we we come alongside and cheer for those heart changes and, and cheer for those behavior changes and those those you know bright moments when we figure out that oh the path we're on um, maybe we can make some changes in that and go somewhere else. You know, that's all great stuff. Um, But we figured out that it's just hard, relationships are hard so we moved into the shelter which was even though this is hard this is so completely necessary and um, beyond just individual relationships the church itself has moved away from uh, understanding the role of community um, in our place in the world, in our place in history and I think we wanted to talk about that. Um, There's a lot of great spiritual songs out there, a lot of new, um, you could even call them hymns, uh, that are being written by people, but, but there's a very little focus on this relationship between human beings in our churches. Mm. And I think that's what we cared about when we started um, making the record, it was what is community? You know, we've experienced it now, how are we going to write about this? And uh, we felt like the first place we wanted to talk about it was in was in the sort of a church environment, and now uh, you know as we now move into this next record season um, you know we'll see I, I think we've learned a lot about um, there's a lot of things to talk about a lot of stories to tell I, I imagine this next record will be more intimate still it will probably kind of fall back in line with the long fall back to earth in terms of uh, illuminating more of our own stories
0: I really um, I, I get such inspiration from seeing uh, community and relationship develop just between you four guys. Now, you're old friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, h- how long ago did you guys get started?
2: We um, I, I first met Charlie. Charlie and I were in a band uh, in college. Our freshman year of college was 1993.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, you guys survived... What most bands don't. I mean, you had, you you got together, uh, you liked each other, you made music that you liked, and it turns out other people liked the music too, and you found success uh, fairly early, and then um, the realities of the fall began to show up, and that's the point at which so many relationships fail. Mm -hmm. Uh, How has how have your how has that little community of jars of clay uh evolved over the trajectory of your time together? How would you describe it?
2: Uh, I mean, we really did grow up together. I mean, we were really kids. I I just it's funny. I was just writing a bit about this uh yesterday. I do a um on my I have a blog and I've been talking about song lyrics and where certain songs come from and I was writing about the song world's apart which was you know, for a lot of people who are are who know Jars of Clay's music, that's one of the songs that's sort of the pinnacle of of our writing. And um it was written in a season where we were we were at our end. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're just kids. We had just been pulled out of college. Uh, you know, Steve was a freshman in college. Everyone else was a sophomore. But you go to college expecting you're going to be in that community for at least four years, you'd think. And so you start getting to know people and having this sense of, of comfort in the fact that this is going to be my community. And we were pulled out of that and uh, brought down to Nashville to start a career, which, you know, I don't know, you know, at least in the 90s, People weren't really thinking that, that 19 years old, 20 years old was really the best time of life for a, a person to really start their career. So, we, you know, there's a lot of weight on our shoulders. We're, we're trying to figure out who we are. Our um, The residual of, you know, playing a musical instrument, most of us started playing music because we, um, we didn't have any self-worth. You know, mm-hmm. it was we could if we played a musical instrument that was impressive to people, and that got us into parties and got us um, girlfriends, and mm-hmm. you know, it was just it was the social engagement that that music provided, which meant that it was our self worth. Mm-hmm. So then you get into the recording studio and you start picking that apart and analyzing it and critiquing it to make the best record, and you're not just critiquing the guitar part. I'm critiquing, you know, who Steve is as a person every mm-hmm. time that guitar part has to change. And every time I'm singing a vocal and they're criticizing the way it's being done and has to be done again, they're not just criticizing the vocal sound, they're criticizing me. Mm-hmm. And so we just, we had criticized each other to death on mm-hmm. that first project and I just decided, let's just, let's just quit this. And every record there's a moment, uh, really up until uh, Good Monsters, where we, 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 quit as a band Mm -hmm. because we would get to that point in the studio and it it was so the evolution was maturing and just detaching that thing from our self-worth yeah uh, and then becoming being able to kind of relate to each other more and uh but really that good monster season was also the season where the light bulb went on for the band where we said you know what we've been together for 13 14 years now and we don't really know each other
4: Mm.
2: you know we lived lives uh separately together Mm. and uh, we never really knew what our struggles were never really knew what the things were that that made life less livable for us and and so at that point it was sort of maybe the the greatest evolution in the band was okay we we are family we've lived our lives more with each other than anyone else but we still don't know each other how do we take this a little bit further and so that's when we started telling each other our own stories and illuminating more of our uh, our weaknesses and our problems and our fears, and uh, and that kind of took the band into a season where now it feels like um, it feels like we're really for each other. Yeah. You know, because when somebody cheers for me, one of these guys cheers for me. They're cheering for all of me. Yeah. And and it's the same for me uh, towards them. And so it is that evolution of of just opening ourselves up and pouring our lives out for somebody else, yeah. and uh, and just creating that space for them to come in. Uh,
1: yeah. That's that's an interesting part of the Samson dynamic. I mean, having a lot of conversations after that sermon that you posted last week, so that sermon was two weeks ago.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, the idea of just focusing on one attribute of God, but that becomes a warped version, so just focusing on the holiness of God, it's not God anymore. Just focusing on the love of God, not God anymore. Yeah. And I, I had never considered until then... This is noise. Every time you guys smile, I'm like, I, I'm not in on the noises in your side. No, no, no. <laughs> What's going on over there? No, no.
0: Actually, uh, your face froze on the image in a very uh, uh, lovely face. Yeah, yeah, it was entertaining. It was wonderful. It was beautiful. Oh, yeah. And then it unfroze. Now we can see you again. Yeah. Go ahead. So anyway, we're talking you? about so,
1: uh, the God's the, complexity. The yeah. Well, and and realizing, um, I set that up for you let me show you this is my favorite attribute of me that I think you're going to accept mm-hmm. and so I'm going to keep that out in front and so it's I, I don't even think it's just because we want to do it to each other I think we make sure that happens
4: mm-hmm.
1: but but it's the exact same warp view we have of God when we're like let's just talk about his love let's just talk about his love because the other parts I had an abusive father I don't want to talk about that that part scares me I'm uncomfortable Yeah. and I, I really think we have to make it the, the safety, the shelter part of that is to create, with more than words, a safe place where I get to bring my whole self so that when my friends are cheering me on, they are cheering for the, the full version of me. Okay. and Because they're usually willing. It's usually me. I'm usually terrified that there's going to be dead silence. They're going to stop cheering
4: yeah. if
1: I show them these other parts of me. So I think that's that's huge what you're saying. And as a, as a group of friends, as a band, yeah. uh, what, a, what a difference that, that makes in living, I'm sure.
2: Yeah. Well, and it does make all of those elements of, you know, music then ceases to be the reason that's going to make or break us. You know, y- you start to think all these bands that break up because the song didn't work out or the album didn't get made the way they wanted it to. That's not the thing that's going to break jars of clay. Beautiful. You know, that's beautiful. And so awesome. I think that's why we'll continue to be able to be creative and do things, is because, um, you know, because it was born out of friendship. It continues to be about friendship and now family, really. Um, and that's that's you know, if we decide to, to go our separate ways or do something different, it's going to be because um, because we want better things for each of us, and 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 it's better doing that than doing what we're currently doing. So you know, so just. Yeah, the relationships matter now to the point of where, where they will be the only thing that, that can kind of seep in and, and cause us to do something different.
0: Am I imagining, it, or did uh, did Longfall win uh, Best Rock Album last year? It
2: t- may have. Yeah, I think on you're... The, yes. On the
0: Doves? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I think it did. Yeah, it did. Right, yeah. Uh, um, it, we, we're running out of time, but I want to acknowledge... Uh, Blood Water Mission, a um, uh, cause that you guys have launched and just I mean, continue to do so much with. You just had a, celebrated a big milestone.
2: Yes. Yeah, we just completed the, well, we celebrated the completion of the 1,000 Wells Project, which was kind of our big campaign. Um, translates into about 600, a little over 600,000 people that have access to clean water. In Africa, that didn't before, um, and really, you know, for us, another great story about community because, uh, you know, it's it was a lot of money that we had to raise, a lot of resources to to be able to provide that, help provide that clean water, um, and it all happened by kids telling stories to their friends by families getting together and doing something creative. It was it was a community of people coming together to serve another community. Yeah. And all the work in the ground was, in Africa was done by these community groups. And so it was literally people coming together and um, out of their weaknesses doing something very courageous. And so we, we love the story of Bloodwater. That's fantastic.
0: Well, Dan, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, what's the web address for your blog,
2: if people want to find it? It is just, and you might have to figure this out, but it's danhasseltine.com, which is d-a-n-h-a-s-e-l-t-i-n-e.com. com.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah. All right. And, uh, of course, uh, the things are always going on at the JARS yep. the site, and... Uh, all right. well uh, brother thank you so much I know you've wanted to join us for a good long while and yeah. you've been crazy busy and we've been busy I'm glad it was finally mm-hmm. uh, time for our schedules to intersect thanks for yes. spending time with us here on the podcast my pleasure
4: thank you oh, a life is a wonderful life over the sea Give me a career as a buck, and here the life of a pirate for me you oh, <laughs> Me.
1: And welcome back. It was a good day on the Pirate Monk podcast, and uh, we want to hear from you. I love the letters segment that we didn't have today. Why didn't we have it today, Mondo?
3: Well, because we had a wonderful guest in the room. And uh, we had a lot of content to get to, so we didn't have letters. Oh, no,
1: I, I was I Love was you. hoping you'd say because we didn't get any letters. <laughs> have the shame factor. There you you know. guys clearly <laughs> don't get how this Christianity works.
3: <laughs> well, the buses yeah. will wait, and just <laughs> come forward. <laughs> What's was, what was interesting though, man, we get them in waves we'll get, like, a slew of letters, uh-huh. and then for, like, a month, we won't get one. Yeah, yeah. So, I, yeah, I guess we're in a dry spell, so I guess we need more letters. It's
2: because the mailmen get too hot. They don't want to deliver the mail. That's yeah. Let's wait till it gets cold again.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all, right, so, so, all right, so where do they say.
1: send this letter? Go. Yeah, yeah
3: samsonpodcast at gmail.com. samsonpodcast at gmail.com. That's right. And...
0: Uh, you know, I think that's it. I think that's it for a fabulous episode. Yeah, man.
1: Well, let's let's close it out with one more song from The Shelter. This is another one of my favorites. I uh, can't say that it's quite as good as the other one Favorite. that was even better. <laughs> yeah, but everybody's a critic. This is pretty awesome, too. Uh, check out the, the, the melody of it. It's what I like the best. The lyrics aren't bad. Here we go.